Hallelujah. Let's give God a hand clap of praise this morning. Isn't it good and pleasant to be in the presence of God? Hallelujah. Amongst the people of God. I am privileged and I am honored this morning. Hallelujah. Um, before we go any further, I'd like to, to be upstanding for the word as we're going to read the word here from um, grab your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12. And it reads, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrows, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hallelujah. I want to title this message, Let Your Conviction Become Your Standard, and Your Standard Become Your Character. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We lift up you in this place tonight, today, Lord Jesus. I give you glory and I give you praise, oh God. As we come to this time, Lord Mighty God, for the preaching of your word, Lord Mighty God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you anoint my lips, my tongues, that I may speak your word in boldness and in truth, Lord Jesus. Let your word come forth, oh God, Lord Jesus, and fall upon our hearts this morning, Lord Jesus. And we pray, Lord mighty God, that we will respond to your word this morning, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. Be in control of this time, Lord Jesus. And we pray that there will be a shifting, Lord mighty God, in our spiritual life and in our spiritual walk with you this morning. Hallelujah. All glory and honor and praise be to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Amen. Before I go any further, <clears throat> I want to thank Pastor Gratian, amen, and the First Lady um, for having us and inviting us over. Amen. I am, I am honored. I am blessed. Hallelujah. I give honor. Bless your ministry, praise the Lord, and your work. I give honor to you guys. Amen. Um, I want to give honor to my pastor, Pastor Warrior. Um, he's not here right now, but um, I just want to give him honor for giving me this opportunity and allowing me to become part of this trip, hallelujah, this AYM trip. It's been pleasant for me to be working beside um, Ravina, Sister Ravina, Brother Greg, and Sister Wilmot, uh, Sister Rachel. God bless them, hallelujah. It's a pleasure for me to be working alongside you guys, amen. Even though um, they're not here, but I would like to thank um, the youth of Pastor Post Church for organizing this AYM weekend. Um, it is awesome that, and like, you know, it's awesome because they are sharing us with both churches so that we get to be here today and they get to be there. So I am so blessed. Hallelujah. I am blessed beyond measure uh, to be here today and to be fellowshipping with all of you guys. Amen. Let your convictions become your standard, and your standard become your character. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 12 says that the word of God is quick and powerful. It is sharper than any sword. 
Because it slices right down and divides both your spirit and your soul. Hallelujah. The Word of God is able to pierce right down to your bone marrows. But what lies in the bone, bone marrows? Hallelujah. It's your genetics. It's your DNA. It's who you are. The Word of God... And I am fascinated with this. The word of God is able to become part of your DNA. Hallelujah. A part of who you are. Praise God. Because it is, the word of God is so powerful. It is mighty. Hallelujah. It is also a discerner of your thoughts and intents of your heart. Pastor shared a moment ago, amen, about our hearts, to monitor our hearts and that our hearts is full of spiritual diseases. When he was preaching this morning um, with that message, hallelujah, I was, I was like, yeah, man, that's my confirmation. Amen. Thank you, Lord. But he shared a moment ago that the heart is full of spiritual diseases, Amen. But the word of God is able to discern your heart. So anything that your heart tells you to do, the word of God is able to judge. It is able to judge it whether it be right or whether it be wrong. Amen? This is how transformation takes place. We all need to allow the word of God to make transformations in our lives. We are here today in this place, in this room, because somebody has preached the word to us and it has pierced right down into our soul and spirit. That's why we made the choice to be here. That's why we made the choice to follow God. Hallelujah. And that's why we made that choice to come to a place of, re of repentance. Hallelujah. I thank God for his word. I thank God for the man of God that always preaches his word. I thank God for all the elders that are in church that is able to speak the word of God into my life. I am blessed and I am honored to be surrounded with all of you who I know can speak the word of God into my life. Hallelujah. Oh, praise you, Jesus. But, you know, there are, there are many reasons for the word of God to be hindered from our lives. And Pastor shared this this morning. We can um, read it in the book of Luke, chapter 8, verses 5 to 8. It's a well-known story, a well-known um, parable that Jesus preached. It's about the sower who went about sowing, sowing seeds. Amen. Anyone heard of that one before? Yeah, we've been preached a lot of times, praise God. <laughs> so the seed represents the Word of God. And how that the Word of God fell by the wayside. But it, the Bible says that in Luke chapter 8, that the, some of the seeds fell on the wayside, but the birds of the airs came and devoured it. Some also fell on the rocks. It sprung up, and, but withered away because 
it lacked moisture. It didn't have any moisture for that plant to grip into the soil because there were rocks everywhere. While others fell among thorns and it couldn't grow because the, thro- the, the thorns grew over it and choked it. Last night, Sister Ravina gave a good example and a good explanation about how the Word of God can be hindered from our lives. Praise God. She said, perhaps the worries of the, and cares of this world could, you know, hinder the Word of God from our life. Sometimes we can get focused on the situations that we're facing and the problems that we have in our life that we start to put so much energy into worrying about it. And in turn, it can choke the Word of God in our lives. The only reason why I'm saying is this is because I've gone through it. I've had experience about, of how worries can choke the Word of God in my life. I was thinking putting so much energy into worrying about the house, cleaning it up, cooking meals three times a day for everybody, then going to work, coming back, cleaning again. And because I was worried about that, I started to focus all my energy into that. And therefore, it hindered the word of God from my life. There was two months that I'd gone. I went to church. Pastor talked about the behaviors, like you know what to do when you come to church. You, you stand there, you clap, and you sing along. You know what to do in church, your behaviors. But what about your heart? So there was about two months um, that I went through where I came to church and everything, but I felt so depressed. There came to the moment where I was standing in the back row, uh, in the second row, because I'm usually always at the front. And I was standing in the back row with the chair in front of me. And this is what I did. This is how I stood in the presence of God. The praising's going. I tried to clap. I tried to sing. Couldn't. So I stood there. Looking at my dad. Looking at my mom. Praise God. And the last time I did that is when I was in high school. I didn't have any, any relationship with God whatsoever. That was my way of standing in church when I didn't have a relationship with God. But this time it was different because I was in church. I did have an experience with God. I did have a relationship with Him. I had a prayer life. I, had, I attended every meetings. I went to church. I read the Word of God for myself. I heard it preached to me, but during the week, I read the Word of God for myself. You know, feeding my own self. And It came because I was worrying, putting so much energy into worrying about the the things of of the world and like, you know, worrying about this and that, that it hindered the word of God from my life. And I stood like that in the presence of God. Worrying can choke the word of God from our lives. Sometimes, another time, like sometimes... Um, pleasures and temptations of the world can also draw us out and can also um, destroy, the not destroy, but hinder the word of God from our lives. 
temptations of the world and pleasures, everything in the world, the music, the people, the hair, the trend, the fashion, the partying. It is so tempting. This handsome guy, that fine-looking girl, you know, it looks so good that they can, these can take all of our focus away from God and hinder the Word of God in our lives. But I want to thank the Lord today that He has made each and every one of us to be more than conquerors. Amen? He has given us a spirit of sound mind that in the midst of all the worries and all the problems, we can be sure to have a clear mind because of the Word of God. Hallelujah. And even in the midst of temptation, God has given us the power and the authority to resist the devil and to say to him, not today, devil, not today. You might tempt me, but I ain't going to fall into that trap. Hallelujah. Come on, church. You got to believe that you are more than a conqueror. You got to believe that you have power over the devil. Hallelujah. Oh, bless you, Jesus. You got to believe that God has given you the spirit of a sound mind. Hallelujah. A clear conscience. So there is no place for depression. There is no place for worry. There is no place for anxiety. There is no place for jealousy. Hallelujah. There is no place for greed. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because God has given us the spirit of a sound mind, a clear conscience. We've got to start believing these things. That we can be that good ground, that honest and good heart on which, on which kept the word of God and brought fruits of, this, of spirits and patience. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to encourage you to read the Word of God for yourself. Study on it. Meditate on it, on Scripture. And pray those words into your life. I am so honored and blessed to see that pastor is actually teaching before the church starts. I mean, I love sitting down and hearing and listening to teaching. So praise God for the man of God that is still teaching to this day. Hallelujah. I am so blessed. Praise God. You see, when we do these things, when we pray, when we, when we study the word of God, when we meditate on scripture, hallelujah, when we do these things, God is able to judge us and convict us if we ever go wrong. So his word is able to judge us because to make us to walk righteously in his sight. If you want to be righteous, if you want to be holy, then let the word of God judge us. Hallelujah. And let the word of God pinpoint what we are missing. Hallelujah. What we are doing that is hindering his word and his work in our lives. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah.
the biblical definition for conviction is when you are made to be guilty by a jury or a decision or a decision of conscience. There are three ways that God can talk to you. Hallelujah. Or can talk to us, praise the Lord. We can hear the audible voice of God. This is my audible voice. So the prophets, Moses, you know, they heard the audible voice of God. Moses heard the audible voice of God because he stood face to face with God and talked with God. So God can speak to us with his audible voice. Number two, he can also speak to us with a sharp thought. Anybody experienced that before? Where a thought just comes and boom, you know that it's God talking to you. Okay, come on. Amen. God could also talk to you through a sharp feeling. It's a feeling that he impresses on you and then boom, you get the word of God. Maybe you get corrected for something. Maybe you feel convicted for something. Hallelujah. So I want to tell you a story about myself, praise God. Um, <clears throat> before I came to the Lord, I mean, I grew up in church, yes. Um, my, my dad is a pastor. He's on Moore Island. So I've been a pastor's kid ever since 2005. Um, that's when my dad got his license, but he was all, um, established a church on Mower Island back in 2003. Um, he wasn't a pastor then, but the UPCA board needed someone to go to Kubin. Mower Island has two communities, Kubin and St. Paul's. I'm from Ku um, we went to Kubin. So he <clears throat> they needed someone to go there and pastor because there, was, there were a couple of people that were baptized in Jesus' name, um, and they were still living for God. So the UPCA board needed someone to go there. And they prayed, and my dad's name popped up. Back then, mom and dad was just a Sunday school teacher and a youth leader. So we went there. Um, people were like, there was an elder from the community, and he said, he said this to my dad, why are you going there? He's like, oh, no, we have to go and do the will of God, you know. He called us to be there. And he turned around, and he was like, don't you know that that's the devil's playground? In Torres Strait? Kuban was known as the devil's playground. Praise God. So his mom and dad and six kids going there to start up a church. Hallelujah. Thank God for his protection. Amen. Because there were like, back then there was violence. Demon possessions took place at Kuban. There were drug addictions, um, alcoholism, um, family having grudges against each other, other families and holding those grudges. Praise the Lord. But I thank God, like, you know, we went there, and we've been there ever since. Mom and dad's been there ever since, and I've been there ever since. Praise the Lord. But I just want to tell you a story about <clears throat> when I grew up, I was so sarcastic, believe it or not. Um, I'm trying to be humble like my dad, but not fail. <laughs> I was, like, very, very sarcastic. At high school, it got even worse. So, and... When I came to church, I still had that trait. I didn't know. I didn't know that I still had sarcasm, that I was still being sarcastic. And what happened was, I um, there was this one day, just this one week. It's the tone of my voice when I talk, 
it comes across as being sarcastic. And I was being sarcastic. But I was telling people, like, I'm not being sarcastic. It's just the tone of my voice. And me and my colleague, work colleague, she's a, she also goes to our church. We had this discussion at, ho- at, at work because I said something to her. And she was like, don't be so rude. Like, you're being so rude right now. And I looked at it and I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm not being rude <laughs> or anything. It's just the tone of my voice. And she's like, no, it's not the tone of your voice. You are being so rude right now. And, and then I, I went and I told her, I was like, oh, no, sorry. It comes across like that. People think that I'm being rude and I'm being sarcastic, but I'm not. I'm just, it's just the tone of my voice. It's just the way that I say it. But, you know, I, I believe that. I believe that for myself. You know, I, I created that, those words for myself. And one time, mom needed help with something. And I, I went there to help her. And she's like, oh, no, it's okay. I don't need your help. I was like, well, you asked me to help you, but it's okay if you don't need my help. I'm fine. You could figure this out by yourself. And she looked at me and she's like, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. <laughs> you are so rude. Get out of here. And I was like, and I'm like, I'm not rude. I'm just trying to help you. And she's like, no, you are being so rude right now. So get out of here. I don't want your help. So I walked down the hall. I was like, oh, my parents, she doesn't understand me. I'm a big sarcastic God. And I was just looking for someone to, you know, give my problem to and just an ear to hear, you know. So I was walking down the hall. I was like, oh, feeling sorry for myself. My mom didn't even understand me. I'm not rude. It's just the tone of my voice. So I went and looked for my dad. And dad was downstairs watering the bananas. He was standing there. So a man of few words he is. So I walked over and I was like, dad. And he's like, yeah. And kept watering the banana tree. And I was like, mom thought I was being rude, but I wasn't. And she's like, and he was like, and he just looked at me and didn't say anything. So I went on and explained to him the whole scenario. And what I said, <clears throat> and because I needed someone to t- take my part, you know, and I was like, oh, dad can take my part. So that's why I went there. And then he turned around, and when I was telling him that, he turned around and he said to me, um, I was like, I wasn't being sarcastic or anything. It's just the tone of my voice. Mom thought that I was being rude, but I wasn't being rude. I just wanted to help her. And he hit me with some facts and statistics. Like, come on. (laughs) Well, it was better because he didn't hit me with the word of God, but it was some stats. So, and he was standing there watering the garden. He said, you know what? Because he did um, study in social injustice or something because he was a policeman. And he's used to reading body, people's body language. So he was standing there and he said, you know what? Body language speaks louder than words. And he said, explain to me how mom thought you were being rude and she knew that you was angry because your body language showed it. You were actually being sarcastic. And while he was saying that, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to listen to that. <laughs> like, my dad is my pastor. But at that time, like, you know, you need submission there, Aldrina. <laughs> So I turned around, I'm like, I am, I was like, I'm not going to listen to this. You know what? I walked away and I was like, I am so offended right now. <laughs> so I told him, I am so offended right now. I took, I'm like, I'm not going to listen to this. And he's like, looking at me like, what? 
and started laughing like under his breath. So I walked up all, you know, heart is troubled and everything. I went into my room and I was like, oh, God. So I went down on my knees and I started praying. I was like, on my bed. I, was, I kneeled down, put my hands on my head, on the bed, and I was like, Jesus, none of my parents got me. They don't understand me. I was throwing myself a pity party. I was wanting for God to feel sorry for myself because I felt sorry for myself. So I stood there, I was praying, and I asked God, and I was like, God, my parents don't understand me. They say that I'm being rude and being sarcastic, but God, I am not being rude or sarcastic. It's the tone of my voice. And I started praying all this and telling God how my heart is troubled and how sad I am and that no one listens to me, but I know that you listen to me. Amen. And after I prayed all of that, you know, it's really good to wait after you pray so that you can hear what God has to say to you. Amen. And I mentioned here how, how he can speak to us. Well, I've come to know that he spoke like he speaks to me with a sharp thought. So anyways, I prayed that prayer and I waited in silence. And as I was sitting there, this is what God told me. He was like, Eldrina, it's not the tone of your voice. You are being sarcastic. <laughs> You are being sarcastic and you have gone around, you have told Lily that you are not sarcastic, that it's the tone of your voice. You have deceived people, you have lied to them, and you have lied to yourself. You are being sarcastic. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. He said, it is not the tone of your voice. Praise the Lord. You know, that, that statement, when God spoke to me, when he said that, that convicted me. I felt so guilty. It made me feel so guilty. So I got down on my knees and I started praying. And I was like, oh God, forgive me. I am being sarcastic. I had to admit my wrong. <laughs> so I was praying. I was like, God, I am being sarcastic. You were right. It's not the tone of my voice. Forgive me for deceiving all of these people that I was telling that it was the tone of my voice. You are true and you are always sure. And you know, the be you know me better than I know myself. So I thanked him and I came to a place of repentance. Hallelujah. God convicted me and it made me to feel guilty. Hallelujah, Jesus. And that I knew that I had to change. I had to make a change in the way that I talked to people and in the way that I responded to people. Because the word of God, he convicted me. Hallelujah. I've come to know that God speaks to me through a sharp thought. And so I've set up a standard in my life. That if someone says something, if someone says something to me and I feel the need to be sarcastic, you know what I do? I choose to pray in that instant. I pray in that instant and I ask God to control my tongue. Um, I rebuke those words that the person was speaking and I pray that the words will not sit in my heart. You see, that's a standard that I, um, I, a standard that I set up for myself because of I knew what sort of person that I was because God's word, con God convicted me and I had to make a change in my life. So that's my standard and it's become a part of me. 
this standard became part of who I am. It became a part of my DNA. And today, I am still practicing that standard. So whenever someone says something and I'm about to be sarcastic, I choose to pray and I choose to rebuke those words and ask God to, let not, to not let those words sit in my heart so that it can make me to walk righteously in His sight. Because I, I don't want anything that will stop me from being in eternity with Him. Praise the Lord. So I want to encourage you this morning to let your convictions, whatever God, whatever you, if you're feeling guilty and the Word of God gives you a reason to feel guilty about, change those around. Let those set up a standard in your life. Let your convictions become your standard and let your standard become your character. Amen. I thank the Lord for the many convictions I got from His Word. He has shaped me over these past six years with His Word. And for that, I am forever grateful. I am so grateful. Praise God. Even though I grew up in church, I backslid, I, baptized, I got baptized when I was in grade 12. I backslid, and I went, yeah, I backslid, and in grade 12, I fell pregnant. And then the following year, I gave birth to my son. But before I gave birth to my son, I made that decision and the choice to follow after God and to live for God. You see, I regret nothing because after school, my plan was to go off to university. I grew up in all of this. I grew up in church. I grew up in, in this movement, praise the Lord. So my, my, my choice was to leave church. When I finished graduated, I wanted to live my own life. I wanted to forget that I was a pastor's kid. I wanted to forget that I knew how to pray. I wanted to forget about church and everything and God. I wanted to go and live my own life. But I, I regret nothing because when I, fell, when I fell pregnant, that's when I came closer to God. That's when I found Jesus. Hallelujah. And to that, for that, till that, from that day onwards, I am still here. It's been six years. It's small. But I thank God, like, you know, He's always been faithful to me and He helps me along the way. I thank God now because I am not sarcastic. I am not critical or judgmental. I can never be like that ever again. People talk about that there must be changes in one's life. But I'd rather be transformed. Amen. The transformation that I'm looking for is not what this world can offer. I'm talking about a divine transformation hallelujah, that only God can make. And I can tell you for a fact that when God has transformed you, you will never be the same again, hallelujah. When you allow the word of God to judge you and to convict you, a divine transformation will start to take place in your life and people will start to see the difference in your life, hallelujah. They're going to be like, hey, there's something different about this high school boy. Hey, 
There's something different about this young girl, this young lady. I want to know what that is. And when they draw closer to you, hallelujah, and when they get to know you, they find out for themselves that, hey, you've had a divine transformation from God. Hallelujah. It is a must that we are open to conviction from the Lord. He corrects us with his word. And it is his words alone that brings transformation. The word, his word rings with truth. Hallelujah. It was his word that showed me the truth, the ugly truth about myself. Hallelujah. When I was gossiping, and yes, believe it or not, I did gossip. I was in church, and yes, I was gossiping. When I was gossiping, God showed me this scripture in Titus chapter 3 verses 2. And it says, to speak evil of no man, to be brawlers, no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. When I was being critical and judgmental, God showed me this scripture in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 to 2. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. These words transformed me. These words showed me the truth about myself. These words convicted me to stop, to stop being critical, judgmental, and it motivated me to be compassionate, gentle, and humble. These words became part of my nature. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you today that allow the word of God to convict you. Lord, help us to be convicted by the word of God. Hallelujah. Because a divine transformation is what we need. We need your word, oh God, to judge us. We need your word to divide both our souls and our spirit. We need your word, oh God, to be a part of our DNA, Lord Jesus, to cut deep into our bone marrows, Lord, and become part of who we are. Hallelujah. Because we need a divine transformation by the conviction from the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. We need God's word to become part of our nature. Praise the Lord. I could never be the person that I am today if I did not allow his word to judge my life. I could never be the humble person that I am today if I didn't allow the word of God to convict me, praise God. Because I, I was very feral for a pastor do, pastor's daughter I was. I was. They would call me like, you're the child of devil. Amen. But I thank God, like, you know, over these past years, I've been open to his word. And God forbids if I ever go back to the same way that I was, because I don't want to. Hallelujah. And because he convicted me of his word, I started to set up these standards in my life. And because I set up those standards, it became part of who I am. I used to be judgmental, but now I can't judge anyone. Like, I could be sitting with my cousins or with the work colleagues, and the person would pass outside the road, and they would be, like, talking about them, and, you know, judging them and being critical and everything. And I'm sitting there like... 
I don't even feel the need to do it. Like I can't even get sucked into that. I could never judge. I could never be sarcastic anymore. And I praise God because it's because of Him. It's because of His Word. It's because of the openness to conviction that I had that it made me to be who I am today. We need a transformation by the conviction from the Word of God. And we need God's Word to become part of who we are and a part of our nature, our character. So let your convictions become your standard and let your standard become your character in your nature. Amen. God bless.